Oh, you know what? I didn't think of a cool, funny thing to say in the beginning. Oh, nothing witty to to hook them in? <laughs> no, we're just going to have to go with like uh, our natural wit. Uh-oh. I wonder if this will show up, but there, there's someone outside just sawing something. But like old school saw, I just hear... <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you you sawed something? I was probably a, a teen. Age. You strike me as someone who saws yeah. very often. I'm always touching saws at work. At work, you're touching <laughs> saws. That makes you sound kind of dangerous. This is, as we discussed, video games. The podcast. Someone finally did it we made a podcast about video games can't believe it and took us <laughs> uh two brave souls like us finally uh stretching ourselves out there into parts unknown with a podcast about video games people said it couldn't all be right, done all right we'll do it we'll uh, this do is it. really uncharted territory but you know <laughs> uh bravery comes in all shapes and sizes and i'm glad that you and i uh can fulfill our destiny with this so we got vic uh, me, Vic. Vic and Goo. I'm Goo. And we Goo. are here. We're going to talk about Final Fantasy 7 for the Sony PlayStation, which was published in 1997. What a what a year. You remember 1997? I do remember 1997. Uh, there were some other incredibly handsome, beautiful, engaging people who had a podcast about wrestling. Uh, and along with video games, I also loved wrestling a lot in 1997. Well, because what we have last time, we're we're in the same era as the, the same era. Episode, this is the really. PlayStation one. I think this is important to clarify, though. Neither you nor I played Final Fantasy VII for this playthrough on the original PlayStation. Correct? No, no, I played on my PS4. Um, but it's you know it's fairly. Faithful to the original, right? What you play on PS4 as well or Switch? Put it on the Switch, uh, which I think the Switch port is pretty identical to the PlayStation ports. Um, honestly, everything seemed about the oh, same. Yeah. It, the one thing that I really liked was that there was the the speed up. Um, oh yeah, that was, yeah, there were a few. It was like the only difference, really, for me. That's good when you got to grind or like if you got to replay a part too. I actually, I actually come to think of it, I played on my Switch initially, but I also have it on PS4. Um, ah. And something I encountered a lot was the game kept crashing. <laughs> it was really ticking me off. So, oh, yeah, you mentioned I, that. Yeah. Uh, I usually wouldn't lose too much progress, but I did use that speed up feature and like the like one that makes you like super powerful to like get back to where I was, you know, to take yes. it from. A half an hour to like two minutes, you know, to do something. Did the the speed up? So I don't remember this from when I played this before, but the game is very, very slow. Uh, and so, yeah, I used a lot of the speed up just like for grinding through battles, for exploring big open spaces, mm -hmm. uh, everything, especially comparatively to like games we've played more recently. Everything feels pretty slow for the like yeah. for the first it's at least for the first like however many hours of the game. Yeah. It's got a good rhythm though. I think it I think it's got a good pace. It's just um yeah, it's definitely compared to a, a lot of modern games a little bit more yeah, it's just differently paced for sure. But it moves along at a nice 
clip, I would say. We didn't play it on the original PlayStation, but I was going to ask you, did you play it on the original PlayStation in 1997 or 2000 or <laughs> sometime around there? Oh, so, uh, in 1997, I only had a Nintendo 6. I had a, We were very much a Nintendo household at that time. Um, so uh, I had a Nintendo, I had a regular Nintendo, and I had a Nintendo 64. Um, and this was, like, one of the very first games that I remember, like, really coveting, like, really wanting so badly mm -hmm. when I was a kid. I remember the commercials being everywhere. In fact, I have such a vivid memory of, so my mom uh, was the editor-in-chief of the local newspaper when I was a kid. Um, okay, and wow. I don't remember this happening with very many other video games um and i have since learned that like the marketing budget for final fantasy 7 was like millions of dollars um mm. and so <laughs> they sent to my mom in beatrice nebraska population twelve thousand people they sent the beatrice newspaper the beatrice daily sun uh, a demo disc of the game and also a promotional t-shirt wow. um and That's I remember awesome. thinking th the shirt was like a two X. And so she gave it to us. But in 1997, I was nine uh, still, you know, to this day, I, I can't uh, rock a two X very well, but especially at age nine, I could not. Oh, <laughs> but Big I remember shirt. so I remember so vividly the back of the shirt is a white shirt and it has just like the character like a. a an illustration of cloud and then it has like some stats at the bottom in a little square box uh and it had his blood type and i was like oh man it has his blood type oh wow. yeah yeah i have since that looked uh and that shirt sells for like 200 dollars. like if you can find <laughs> any version of that shirt like uh i have no idea what happened to ours it had to have gotten donated to the salvation army or something uh, and I wish so badly that I had it now, if for no other reason than I could make $200 off of it. Wow. Um, but I have seen, uh, I've recently gotten into uh, bootleg video game merchandise. There's a whole scene of people making like cool bootleg t-shirts and stuff. Uh, and oh, so that okay. took yeah, me down yeah. a rabbit hole and I found some people selling that original shirt. Still looks great. Uh, I'm not spending $200 on that shirt though. Um, no, no. That, that, anyway. that would be a, a cool one to have for though for if if it were not so expensive so yeah i do remember like seeing the commercials for it and i remember like even seeing it at the video rental store silver screen video in beatrice nebraska shout out silver screen video uh and it, i can remember like seeing the playstation like the the hard jewel case and it was like oh man multiple discs like it always seemed like this like insanely yeah, yeah. <laughs> Epic, like, uh, like, oh, this was this was it. This is like the crown jewel of gaming. Uh, and so for years, I always like wanted it, but never got to play it. Uh, and so then at some point, I got uh, one of those like little kind of off white PS ones, uh, the ones mm -hmm. that you're supposed to be able to hook up with like the portable screen. Um, yeah, yeah, the little the little guys, right? Yeah. And so I got one of those in high school, and my brother and I started playing ps1 games on that and so that's when we finally were able to afford a copy and start playing so i it was probably like hmm, 2002 when i finally got a play it was like many years later okay but um, that, that's like probably that's been now a few years later and like the hype 
has probably just built up even more, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, because that's, I, I can remember, like, uh, did you ever read video game magazines when you were a kid? Yeah. Uh, oh, like, yeah, definitely. So I can remember, like, GamePro magazine talking about it. Like, I can remember uh, a bunch of magazines, and I just, like, uh, consistently, like, just, I want to play this. I want to play this. I want to play this. Uh, and so then finally getting to play it, and I was like, damn, okay, this is it. So it it lived up to your expectations then at the time at the time yes um okay cool we can talk about this later um but i will say uh i my brother and i did play the hell out of final fantasy 6 and Mm, okay yeah uh, my my hot take and we can discuss this later i think final fantasy 6 is better than final fantasy 7 um okay i mean i think i think there's other people who feel that way too I don't think that's as hot of a take anymore. Okay, maybe, maybe. What about you? What What is your experience yeah. with this game from when you were a kid? I think I had a kind of similar, like, your whole background of, like, not having it and then seeing it and being like, oh, my God. Like, uh, I had uh, neighbors. The neighbors of my grandparents had a PlayStation, and they had it. And it was one where, you know, I'd go over and, like, watch them play for you know, a little while and just be like the same thing as you where I was like, holy fuck, this is like three discs. Like, oh, that's crazy. How do they how do they do it? <laughs> you know, um, and yeah, so it was it was a game I never really um, had. And then I think I tried to get into it like w- when I was like 20 or something. I think I lived with someone who had a copy of it. And I tried to play it, and we had, like, a projector at the house I lived at. And it was, like, this old copy of it, and it was projected on a wall. So it wasn't, like, couldn't really see stuff well. And I just wasn't having a good time. I don't think that was, like, the best way to play it, try to play it, you know? I think I fell off of it a little bit, because I was like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, it wasn't until... Like, I I actually ended up playing the remake in full when it came out because I was always like I said, I've always been so intrigued by it. I always wanted to play it and never got the chance. And then that remake came out and I was like, oh, I should play this. And then it wasn't until this recently playing it for this where I finally actually played it. I just, you know, kind of what's been good about the, the, the doing this little thing we're doing is that I'm like forcing myself to play games that I would just keep going oh i ought to play that i ought to play that because you were correct me if i'm wrong on so on top of that on top of just like not having access and just like not having a playstation you were also not a jrpg person at all growing up right yeah well like so unlike you because you said you played final other final fantasy games before seven you played six or so no we played i loved uh and still love uh, like Super Nintendo era JRPGs, so Chrono yeah. Trigger and Final Fantasy VI, uh, Final Fantasy V, uh, yeah. Earthbound. Uh, I love all of those games so 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 much. Um, and so so yeah, that that was not me. I I went from Nintendo to Nintendo sixty four, and I missed the Super Nintendo, and I didn't really play JRPGs at all. I you know I played like. 
Pokemon. Like I played sure. like a okay, baby and that's, of a JRPG, but never. Po- I mean, Pokemon is a JRPG. Yeah. What's that? But it's not really in the yeah, same conversation. Just, I feel like you don't have all the equipment. It's, yes, and... there's not. Re- I mean, there is leveling. Right. Um, but you're right. It's very introductory. Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, never, never a big JRPG person too. I think times I've tried, I was just never like in the right mindset. Like there's certain genres of games where, or like anything actually, I've had it with music and movies and stuff too. Where like, um, like I don't see what I don't see anything in it, or at least I appreciate it, but I don't get enjoyment out of it. And then like I've had it before, where like something just clicks, and I'm like, oh, I'm like on the wavelength now (laughs) like it totally works for me you know and that definitely happened this time i wouldn't say like now i'm a jrpg person but it did lead me to trying a few more final fantasy games and i still want to play some more when i get the opportunity again you know i was gonna say i feel like this did really crack open the doors for you based on our conversations uh off microphone (laughs) over the last few months you went from like really not being interested at all to playing how many final fantasy games have you played now i played nine uh because i heard that was really good and then and then i saw someone say somewhere that 12 was like the star wars prequels and i was like well i want to play that (laughs) Um, so i went to that and then yeah everyone i feel like everyone i know especially who's like a little bit older than me uh who all appreciate the super Nintendo have been like, Oh, you got to play six. Like that's, that's what I mean is like, I feel like I've had a lot of people say that's the one you got to play. Um, but I, I didn't have a good way to play it really. Um, but I think I do now. So that's going to be one I'll eventually play as well. Cause it look, I feel like I will love it. Like I said, six is my favorite. Uh, I was really thinking, <laughs> like, um, you know, I I don't mind like the boxy graphics of seven. I I think that's like very charming. Um, like I, yeah, I know that the like the cutscenes are different and the uh like actual battle scenes are different than just sort of like oh here you are walking around uh, the map. Uh, I like the character sprites on the map. Like I like the weird box hands. I like the yes. <laughs> the crude polygons. I think that's like very charming. Um, that's great. Yeah. So my, like you know, I I don't have any complaints with that sort of stuff. I find all of that like very charming and engaging. Um, but I do think overall six just does so much of a better job uh, with like uh, some of the big mechanics. Uh, for me, probably my biggest gripe. Uh, playing seven again is the materia system. Uh, oh, okay. So interesting. So like, uh, I loved it. <laughs> so, so I like it, but it feels like a wrong turn comparatively to the Esper system from Final Fantasy. Okay. Six. And so sure. in, fi- in Final Fantasy six, you find these uh, like ancient. Uh, I, I can't remember what they are exactly. Creatures from another dimension. Uh, they're super powerful beings that are kind of like frozen in our dimension. And you find them. Uh, and then you can equip uh, any of your party members with an Esper. And over time and experience, you learn their abilities. And then once you've learned them all, you can give that Esper to someone else. And you keep all of those abilities. Uh, the materia system of just like, all right, I have to have this in order to uh cast lightning uh is like mm-hmm. i don't know uh 
it really took me out. Like I spent a lot of time like unequipping and then reequipping materia every time your party breaks apart. Every time, like oh hey, I can only use uh, Tifa and Cloud right now. Like oh okay, that means I gotta blah blah blah. I gotta unequip everyone's materia, reequip materia, and there was just a lot of that, which was like yeah. especially redundant for me. Uh, that was maybe my honestly my biggest gripe with it. I aside get, I get from, aside from yeah. the speed, um. Yeah, it's uh I did not I was not a fan of the materia system. That's something that I I liked it kind of drew me in uh cuz I I like messing around with it in um the remake and then I liked it in this. Uh it was just fun to I don't know. I liked I like combining them and like thinking about that. Maybe but maybe it's just like I could totally see it being done in a different way and maybe being better. Like I played, you know, 9 and 12 and they had their own takes on this sort of thing. And so it's kind of interesting to compare and contrast, but I think overall just just that type of mechanic was like cool and interesting to me. Um but yeah, I don't maybe I don't have a more uh advanced palette on it like you do. <laughs> That's I, I'm not going to say I'm like the world's uh, expert on JRPGs or anything. That's maybe like a personal preference. Sure. That's, um, that's fine. Yeah. Do you think well, that, uh that's the thing that that's one example of though of something that I guess kind of kept me out of like being a JRPG person is like like even in this playthrough of this uh like sometimes those extra mechanics of like your inventory management and stuff and like yes. you know setting your characters up and all that stuff like I don't sometimes I don't fully understand how it works until it's like 15 hours into the game and then i feel like oh i like fucked myself over um i wish i paid more attention i kind of want to start over but i don't want to play all that again <laughs> you know yes. um and maybe i'm too worried about it i don't know I, I would say that most of these games i always think of these games as like very like uh and i don't mean this derogatorily but like very nerdy games like the the systems involved uh, and some of like the mechanics can get really, really involved and in depth, mm -hmm. uh, especially like I'm thinking about like uh, Final Fantasy X's leveling system uh, and like, hey, there's branching paths or uh, you and I have been playing Elden Ring uh, over the last couple of days, couple of weeks. And like, oh, the leveling system mm -hmm. for that and like some of the more nuanced uh unexplained mechanics of that like those are all incredibly dense games uh which i personally yeah. like um but i could see especially if you were like a younger kid uh how that could be like very off-putting just because sometimes that stuff isn't explained um and you really have to like do your due diligence to like kind of learn that stuff or figure it out or spend a lot of time on game faqs uh, or whatever, <laughs> yeah. Uh, to try and like figure out some of these like incredibly nuanced mechanics. Yeah, it was something that it. Um, but I can't. I overcame it because I, I like something just clicked. That was a big one where I was like, okay, like don't fight it. And if something goes wrong, like there's a way out. You know, like unless, I mean, unless it's like a really bad game. Like usually, you have options and you can do other things. You know what I mean. So with a lot of these games, like I that that anxiety a little bit has gone away, you know, well, I don't know if it'll continue, but yeah, it does have me wanting to play more and like, yeah, I've totally kind of clicked 
with the genre where I don't think it'll be one that I'm like always itching to play, but uh, definitely want to check out more. Yes. Yeah. So, so, okay. Com- so comparatively to the other final fantasy games you've played, uh, where does this one rank now? Even um, honestly, I think it is. Um, it's still my favorite one. Okay. Uh, and I don't know. I feel like all the reasons I give will, will probably be stuff we'll talk about in the episode. But I think uh, my basic point would be I can see some like changes and advancements and improvements other games have been made. But there is just something uh, about this game uh, that s- jumps out to me more than like can be like um, objectively stated. You know what I mean? Like it just really works with it really affected me, I think, more than the other games I've played. Okay, okay. So so let's talk about that more. So uh we're talking story, we're talking characters, we're talking just like uh the world itself. We're talking about like uh I know you and I consider ourselves fledgling eco terrorists. Um what are we talking about here? Um yeah it it is I think it is like a thing of like the uh it's the sum of its parts, you know what I mean? Or the okay. whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So it it is like you know what I want to do though, uh, I because I did put on my researcher cap. Yes, please, okay, maybe that's a good place to start. Hit me with hit me with what you've learned because I think some of my points will come out through some of this. Okay, series creator, uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi. So that sure. might be a name you've yes. heard before. Um, so yeah, he's done all the all these Final Fantasy games at, at this point. And then also directed by Yoshihiro Kitase, who directed Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger. So it, I, I think we've you've kind of sung the praises of a lot of these eras of games. So at this point, coming into this new era of gaming, it's like the you know built on kind of the giants or, or whatever of the previous era. It's it's definitely uh, equivalent to. Uh, Super Mario World going to uh, Mario 64 or uh, A Link to the Past going to Ocarina of Time. It's definitely like that same kind of like impactful jump for sure. Yeah. Uh, and so all of so, these people working at like full capacity, uh, just the top of their game and then transitioning from a 2D world to a 3D world. Yeah. Yes. And that is probably one of the first things I love about this game because we, we talked about the dated graphics so it was originally actually developed for the Super Nintendo, yes. but of course, of course, that has major technical limitations when, you know, trying to have it in 3D and everything. It needed, you know, that CD-ROM format, um, so it, it had to go to the PlayStation, and yeah, they, they were, I think, originally just thinking this is going to be like 6, so it's, you know, we got the sprites and the 2Ds, but... They, the team personally wanted to try to do um, 3D. And I think they even tried to like do te- beta testing or something on N64 to see if it was possible, but I don't think that panned out, obviously. Okay. But, okay. Uh, so I, I, I think I love it actually in, for the inverse reason that I mentioned in our Symphony of the Night discussion, where uh, that was them like, choose like they had like new people come in and kind of start their career with the 3d kind of kind of graphics and stuff but they still had like these people who were 
on top of their game, you know, who did all all this artwork and sprites and stuff for uh, the previous generation, and they kind of combined the two. And I, what I like about this game was they they were like, no, we want to push the series forward and do different things and like innovate. But it wasn't. It did. It doesn't feel like it was a uh, studio mandate, or I guess they are the studio. But you know, it wasn't like pressure. Like a lot of other games were like, well, we got to make a 3D game because that's what's popular now. Uh, does that make sense? Yes. Yes. It's it's them doing it for the passion and the overall legitimate interest, rather than just like the marketing business people being like, hey, this is what's hot right now. This is what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like Sym- Symphony of the Night, it it does like still mix like it sure it's like mostly these 3D graphics, but they have these, you know, detailed um pre-rendered CGI backgrounds and full motion video that they mix it in. You know, people kind of you mentioned it earlier, they sort of poo-poo on the like three different visual styles it switches between, but mm-hmm. like I said, the first thing I really like love about this game is I still to this day um, playing it now, like see the things that they're doing in the game. And I, I'm still impressed by it. I think a lot of pe- other people see it and they're like, wow, like this is age. But to me, I'm like, this is so unique. And like, you know, once, once it became easy to do all, a lot of this in one style, you know, it, it actually like jumps out to me a little bit less. So that's, you know, when I'm talking about like playing it compared to final fantasy 12, like just visually, I think the game's way more interesting because of like that sort of limitation they were trying to push the boundaries of, you know? Agreed. Agreed. Uh this was okay. like for all intents and purposes, like uncharted territory. So it really was like, hey, okay, we're trying this out. Uh we've never done anything like this before. Um and there's something to be said for like, okay, we're just gonna try and like throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Um and it is this kind of like uh yeah, like this mixing bowl, this salad of like, okay, we have some of these pieces and some of these pieces and some of these pieces. It's a stew. They got themselves a stew going. Um, but somehow, like, in the pot at all, like, I personally think it works really well together. Um, and it has yes. it, it has that unique charm. Um, that's and like that that in uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? That um, – that it uh, – it, it's Can got that charm um <laughs> yeah and it does have okay that's that's the other thing i think about this game that it like still feels so much stronger to me compared to those other ones i played is because it just has this impeccable vibe not just with like that era of graphics but i think just the art design on all those fronts is really awesome like i i I don't know how you think it compares to other games but i think just the like aesthetic of this game you know before we even talk about the music you know i mean just like the the visual i have seen a lot of people um talk about how uh the the overall vibe of the game is like especially at the time uh pretty dark like within the first few minutes like you're detonating a bomb and there's an explosion and Mm -hmm. you're like actively (laughs) Uh, destroying this like government property, uh, which is like, um, I mean, uh, it, it's like literally the pages of a crime think book. Did you ever read Crime Think? Yeah, yeah, we've talked about the posters yes, a yes. lot. Uh, it's literally pages of a crime think book, 
uh, <laughs> Days of War, Nights of Love, or whatever, um, but in a video game, like in a uh, not too distant dystopian future video game, um, which is like very unique, and it, and it's it stays like for lack of a better term gritty, like it is like a lot darker and a lot heavier. Yeah. Um. Like okay, spoiler alert: characters die. Um. And like. You know that that is in and of itself something that was really unheard of mm-hmm. uh, up to that point. Like, oh damn, someone like died for good. Um, yeah, yeah, right. So, so agreed. Yes, I agree with that it, a thousand it does, percent. It does a good job, of, like roping together not just the disparate elements in like their visual styles, but like these different things, like classic Final Fantasy stuff, uh, just general fantasy. Like this more cyberpunk aesthetic, uh, you know. I don't know. It, it really has like all these different tones that I think it, you know, manages really well. <laughs> so there um, is again, uh, not a Final Fantasy uh, certified historian, but most of the previous games up to that point are set in a like a fantasy setting. Uh, there's dragons yeah. and there's knights. Uh, and this is like, oh, one of the, like, this is the first one where, uh, they put that on its head really. And it's in the future. Um, it is futuristic. It's got that like, uh, cyberpunk feel to it, uh, that the previous games didn't have. Yeah. Yeah. It, so we can shout out actually all because with, with even in the visual aspect, you have, you know, all these different jobs that need to be done. And I think. You see this a lot of uh, art director Yusuke Niora, who also worked on Final Fantasy VI. So, you know, it's it's a lot of the same team. Uh, but then one thing that always drew me in on as a kid was uh, the logo just on the cover done by Yoshitaka Amano, yeah. uh, who also has, you know, and that's another way. It's like kind of in the style of a lot of other Final Fantasy games, but it's so like it's very evocative. I remember just like seeing that before anything as a kid and being like what is this fucking game <laughs> um i'm trying to it, it has like so much white um like the branding is like very very on point uh like someone spent a lot of time just sort of visualizing and uh yeah it's it's so much white and then there's just cloud with the sword and it's like oh fuck yeah damn okay yeah yeah, you mentioned um, Cloud. So the character designer, it, very, very famous at this point, Tetsuya Nomura. Um, and I think this was his first game as like the lead character designer. But this is someone now who's gone on to like direct, you know, their own games and stuff. So that's really cool. And uh, I have a fun uh, quote here that I found about the designs of Cloud and uh, Sephiroth. Okay. Um, so... Nomura was influenced by his view of their rivalry mirroring the legendary animosity between Miyamoto Musashi and Sasaki Kojiro, with Cloud and Sephiroth being them respectively. Uh, Sephiroth's look was defined as Kakori? Kakoi? I don't know how to pronounce that, but it's a... I think we had a Japanese term for the Symphony of the Night uh, last episode where it was like i don't know like 
feminine boy, but or something like that. But I like this one because the term is about combining good looks with coolness. Oh yeah, and I think I, they nail that. They're pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, uh, when I was a kid, I thought Cloud was the coolest fucking character I had ever seen. I Just like uh, big ass sword motorcycle <laughs> his hair and like uh in other games for the most part cloud i do not think looks nearly as cool but in this uh and i would say in final fantasy tactics which is honestly my favorite my favorite final fantasy game mm, uh yeah, ever that's the other um one i hear about uh he looks cool but it, out of the context of final fantasy cloud does not look cool at all but in this context he mm. looks so damn cool um yeah and th- so that was the other thing of like looking at the character designs of this as a kid and being like god these they all look so fucking cool like i just want to play this so bad and uh yeah i don't know it's just an awesome yeah just an awesome look <laughs> Did, uh i think you sh- shared with me that robert pattinson th- uh clip from a few days ago where he's talking about tifa um did you yeah, send me that yeah he loves tifa yeah yeah uh, was I did. there's definitely like this was uh i was trying to think about this in like the context of like gaming history uh and i do think that like tifa is pr- probably at that same time like coming out around the same time as like lara croft where it's like okay mm. hey we're gonna try and make these video game ladies kind of sexy but it wasn't like that was like the onset to like the weird pervert stuff. Like it doesn't. I mean, it yeah. is uh, playing this again recently. Uh, my wife was giving me a hard time, just like, "Oh, of course you're picking Tifa again. I wonder why." <laughs> One, she's a very good character. Um, but okay, yeah. Uh, there's a little they're like they're trying to make her like feels very gross to call a video game character sexy. Um, but that's what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But this still kind of predates some of like the real pervert stuff. Um, uh-huh. I get a yeah, little weirded out when I. I think it's I think it's fun to make your video game character sexy though, because <laughs> uh, I think I and I don't think in this game specifically. Like, sure, there is there is some. I think this is more in the translation thing, which we can talk about. But I think there's a lot of like juvenile stuff for sure. But I also think. For the time and, and like what or like for the limitations they have, it's actually kind of telling a pretty mature, complex story, you know, but it ha- it sure, certainly has its flaws. But I do think, you know, it's it's not like I don't know. I think it uh, is. I'm going to say it's OK to make characters in games sexy. I think they do it on all fronts in this game. You know, I think, you know, a guy with a great haircut and an eight foot long samurai sword and you can kind of see his chest i think you know there's yeah. something there too and you're not wrong and that and that uh has been a pretty consistent i mean i guess you could probably say like this era of video games is probably the dawn of that because even now uh i was like trying to think about like my all-time favorite jrpgs um and over the last and few there's sexy ladies in it i'm sure i mean so so persona 5 <laughs> Persona 5 is easily uh-huh. one of my favorite video games of all time. Uh, definitely one of my top JRPGs of all time. And everyone in the game is so sexy. Uh, like, they, I mean, again, cancel me if you must. I'm not saying that I find these characters sexy or I'm not attracted to... I, I'm, I am not attracted to them. <laughs> um, but they are designed You're to not. be... No, cr- 
I do. I'm not sexually attracted to any of the characters in Persona Five, but they are designed to be sexy characters. Like people spent yeah. a lot of time making them look cool and alluring and kind of sexy and kind of handsome and um and everyone's just you like yeah what? okay and everyone just kind of goes along with it. <laughs> I'm not playing that game specifically because there are sexy characters. Sure, uh, sure. It just happens to be that I'm playing a game that consists of. <laughs> I can't believe how many times I've used the word sexy in the last two minutes. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm willing to take it a step further. Uh, not only do I think it's okay to make characters in a video game sexy, I think it's okay to think of character in a video game sexy. Just don't be weird about it. And the, Just be normal, you know? There are... I can think of... Uh, I, I don't know. That's, like, that's a pretty slippery slope for me. I think there are a lot of... Uh, and, and I guess maybe this is just like the people I interact with in my life or have interacted with in my life in the past. People who who are really like horned up about fictional animated characters weird me out. I've met a lot of guys who are like really into like comic book characters. Um, and I don't know. It, it weirds I've, me out. Yeah, I've been there. I've seen that. But I'm just saying like if you're like, damn – this lady in the Resident Evil game is is hot. It's like okay, that's fine. Just once you once you cross a certain line, like really quickly, it, you know, I'm not, I'm only, I'm only give it a little leeway. It's fine otherwise. And that's, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to shame anybody. Like like what you like, um, but for me, uh, am I gonna say hot? Am I gonna say Tifa is hot? I don't know. <laughs> um. Okay, well, I want to talk about the other vibe aspect of this, which is the music. I think that's of course the other thing people go nuts about with this game. Uh, is it uh, Nobu Umatsu? Is this the composer? Everyone knows him. Um, and I think this is another, I'm just, you know, a broken record here, but another case of, I think, someone who's worked on all the previous games and now they're doing this and they're getting to utilize this new de- technology. That's the th- the thing I love about it is you can see that they're pushing things forward in a new way. Um, I think he specifically when talking about composing it, he uh, wanted, yeah, here I have the quote here. He said uh, he wanted to treat it like a film soundtrack and compose music that reflected the mood of the scenes rather than trying to make, strong you know melodies to define the game and uh i think i think that really shows here like um the like the game conveys uh a such a like large sense of depth in itself within those limitations and i think the music is one good example where even though it is you know kind of just these themes composed and like stuck in the program like it feels it does feel like uh human touch you know it feels like composed and not just like uh you know we hit play on the music you know i i would agree with that and this is definitely uh i think you could make a strong argument that uh final fantasy 7 is probably one of the key games uh in the transition from uh seeing video games as just like kids toys into without sounding too pretentious art 
uh, the soundtrack of this goes a long way into like making this a piece of art uh, or or at the very least, like mm-hmm. it's so much more cinematic um, transitioning away from just like, oh, this is just a kid's toy to, oh, this is uh, more akin to to a movie in terms of it's uh, in terms of storytelling, in terms of soundtrack, in terms of uh, character developments. Uh, yeah, I think it's safe to say that the music plays a big part in establishing this as like a turning point for video games as like a more serious, uh, mature medium than what it was previously. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that sticks out to me compared to some other games is it does feel, you know, it, it does feel like a work of art or whatever. It's a stupid thing to say, but... Um, but it only feels that way because it is a video game and because it is like using all these elements, you know, it it doesn't feel like like a lot of people are just like, like, we'll say like, like, oh, this game, it's a work of art because it has like cutscenes that resemble a movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where this it it feels like that to me, but because it is a video game and I, I think that's including all these elements that we've talked about that kind of like people think don't hold up like this certain way of portraying the characters visually, or even I guess we'll talk about some of the gameplay elements too. But I think this whole, just this whole um, look and feel and the way the game plays is kind of crucial to that, to me, not just the story removed from it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree yeah. with that. Um, But it does. I mean, it does. I do also just like the story on paper i think it's it's great but it you know it, the the visual storytelling element is uh does stick out to me but yeah then it has all like like i said this the story that is it it's definitely has its limitations but i think it does actually tell like a pretty affecting story and it hits upon all these themes on various levels that really connected with me that I think the other games also had, but this one, I think, was just way more effective at it. And I've seen uh, several people much more eloquent than myself uh, really talk about how, yeah, this is like uh, a meditation on loss and processing grief. Um, yeah, and, it was yeah. for Sakaguchi, I believe, even too. So I think his mother had passed away. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, I have this quote from him, actually. It says... Uh, it was not enough to make life the theme. You need to p- depict living and dying in any of it. You need to portray death. Um, and that really sticks out to me. Um, that it, I don't know, it, it has this, um, what is it? The other, the art director said, uh, the, in in terms of uh, Aerith's death in the game, they said they wanted it to be not dramatic feeling, but a feeling of great emptiness. So it, it feels it like, hit me like in a way like a really personal movie would and not like you know um batman or something you know what i mean right, right. Like, it's, it's or, not or, or, avenger i mean it's 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 more um yeah, right it's more uh, a ghost story than it is avengers endgame uh it's more like oh yeah uh this is a, a personal telling of loss um and even you know uh when Aerith dies like uh, it, it is like immediately apparent the music uh, changes like the whole tone changes like so solemnly um, 
And yeah. I don't know about you, but Aerith was like my like my party consistently up until that point. Uh, and so then it's like, oh damn! Like not only is this impactful on a story level, it's also impactful on the gameplay level. Because oh, uh, you're kind of set back, yeah. Yes, we're we're meshing both of these like so well. We're we're combining the storytelling with the gameplay uh in such a way that like makes this that much more impactful mm. like damn okay this person is really on forever yeah that's another thing too um where like sometimes people will cite like a game like when people are like oh it it works it's effective because it's a video game because it's like interactive and they're just referring to like you know you sometimes during a cutscene have to press a button which this game has but i think it's it's very effective with its choices it makes but also just overall like the um the the story elements of the game are also like like large gameplay elements you know like yes. the whole thing Aerith's trying to do is cast this materia spell or whatever and same thing with Sephiroth it's like they're both casting like i think these spells it, correct me if i'm wrong they have been in Final Fantasy before you know mm. so like and if so it feels more real because it's like oh they're they're casting like these things i'm moving this materia around you know what i mean and like it just feels like oh yeah this is like real in this world because it makes the even the gameplay elements feel like they have like actual impact in the story you know yes yes agreed and then even there's also you know they do a lot of little tricks that are very effective of like you know you have a scene where Sephiroth is fighting with you and he is way more powerful you know all that kind of sort of thing but even in the end like the thing you, you have to do to defeat him is just like this really powerful limit break but it also has this like insane like story connection I think that's just amazing it is it is very layered it is very nuanced uh in those ways again and probably one of if not the first game to really do that well um I think Earthbound has some elements of that. Uh, previous Final Fantasy, like Final Fantasy VI, does have some elements of that. Um, but yeah, I, it's yeah. it's just like this nice, like layered cake of like, oh, okay, uh, they really were able to stack everything on here like pretty perfectly. Yeah, and they have all these. It feel I think it also feels really complex just because they have they have a. It's so long, so they kind of are meshing together a lot of these different stories, but they all kind of like have the same sort of thrust to them and they mix not just like these elements of life and death but you mentioned like uh the whole like eco-terrorism thing is there and then with the whole the whole story between the two you know main characters i guess cloud and, and sephiroth like it's this like story about like identity or whatever you know or like what makes me who i am which is really interesting in its own i think other characters even have that element a little bit too so it's it's cool because it's not just like uh you know it it is like very expansive but i i still think it has a great pace to it like yeah. within that you could definitely uh dissect this game fully as again a a uh meditation on how individuals perceive themselves versus how others perceive them and how others perceptions of you impact your view of yourself uh, impact your view of the world around you which is a very real thing i mean not to be not to psychoanalyze uh anyone uh i you know i took a couple psychology classes once in college um but yeah th like that in and of itself is this very real subconscious thing that everyone has to deal with 
Um, mm -hmm. And then if you couple that with like, hey, the very real situation of, you know what, there are corporations and government entities that do not give a shit about the earth. Uh, and it's very possible that there are, you know, uh, global organizations that are just sapping the Earth's resources for profits um, to ensure that, you know, uh, the the Earth implodes upon itself in the next 100 years. That's also very real. So when you start <laughs> thinking about those, like, uh, more heavy, uh, introspective and meta-level, like, themes throughout this game, like, yeah, it does push itself up there to, like, oh, this is, again, it sounds so pretentious to call it this, but, like, damn, this is art this is like uh uh in so many ways as good as any good movie mm -hmm. y yeah yeah for sure i i think that truly is i almost think like uh, i you know i hinted earlier right? i almost think that conversation is almost like so silly now like to get really worked up about either way but um i i think it it's more interesting to talk about like how video games are art and not like whether they are or not or like how how they are uniquely their own kind of art, you know? Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, but yeah, uh, while while we were, we were just talking, I thought of other ways that it's like, I think of how those there's those big creatures in the game that you got to fight that are like just big summons. You know, I just keep thinking of how like everything story-wise is like a gameplay thing. So it does, <laughs> even though like you, it's not like, you know, a lot of games, it's like, now here's, like, here's the cutscene with all, like, the stuff that you're not involved in, and, like, they just do it for you. Even yeah. though that's, like, you don't really have a choice in a lot of these things, it feels like you're a part of it, you know? Yes, yes, agreed. Um, um it's, yeah. it's not necessarily a, oh, what's that game? Uh, Until Dawn, where, like, every choice has, like, an immediate impact on the story, but... Yeah, uh, your choices are part of the game or your involvement and actions like move, progress the story. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um. Which, yeah, we're not going to go into the whole story. It's a whole thing. <laughs> I think I think people have done like really deep analysis on it out there that you can probably find. But I mean, you you like the story. I take it. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Again, it does uh the more i'm thinking about it uh and even with like the the futuristic elements um there is some of there is a tiny bit of that in uh final fantasy 6 um but they definitely like uh took a lot of the things that worked really well as far as characters uh and story from final fantasy 6 and just uh improved upon that just kind of like mm. tweaked things and and added things um so the story is really good yes agreed yeah, yeah, really good, really touching. Um, but uh, let's let's talk about the gamer stuff because we've mostly talked about okay. visuals and stuff. But just it is a game um, because there's certain there's certain elements to this. Like for example, one way I think the game uh, doesn't feel that slow to me is it probably seems kind of dated or quaint now. But I really liked the the way the battles worked in this. Maybe this is me just coming from an outsider, but and I, I know it's been in other games, but I like that sort of like timed mechanic to so I, the battles. Do, I do like that. And a lot of games do utilize that, that uh, I forget what it's called. Yeah, but the, the action bar fills before you can make an attack. I like uh, I think that's one of those things that you either like or dislike. I know plenty of people who have no interest in turn based uh, role playing games like this. Um, and so 
you know, I, I think for a lot of people, this was like, to your point, their first exposure with gameplay like this. Uh, so it has been improved mm. upon. It has been enhanced uh, throughout the last 25 years or whatever of video games. Um, yeah, I, I like the turn-based games. Uh, or I like turn-based, the turn-based gameplay. Um, and I, I also really like the limit break system. Yeah, yeah, that that's kind of... A thing they try in different forms like the materia it's like they kind of mix mix the idea in different forms right throughout the games yes in fact uh for me i think the limit breaks is probably like the the one real thing that like separates uh characters in battle uh I, I, my one of my critiques is that in a lot of instances uh your party members are kind of interchangeable um it's really like okay what material do they have um, okay, maybe, you know, uh, somebody has a gun and somebody has a sword, um, right? Like, oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, Barrett has a gun so he can shoot up in the air, whereas someone else, you know, I, Red 13 can't attack in the air, maybe. Uh, and so the limit breaks are like, hey, cool, okay, this is, this is like just enough. This is the sprinkle on the donut that like kind of keeps it going forward. Uh, so... I do think that sometimes the characters in battle can feel a little bland. I don't know if you felt that way. Um, I I thought if you're not changing the material around, really the only thing that separates a lot of them is their limit breaks. And so that's probably like a critique. It didn't feel like that for me, but maybe it's because I was like, I don't know. Their stats are different though, right? So that might affect who you would want to use for what. But I guess you can alter those too. That's true, um, and and so uh, m- maybe it's hard for me to like compare this game to again to a game like Persona Five, where every character is so uniquely different. Uh, and uh, yeah. in Persona Five, for well, example, each character uh, has spells and things that only they can do. Um, right. So I, get, I totally get what you're saying. Where it feels like the materia are dictating it. Yes. Uh, and so, yeah. especially like in the early game, like, hey, you get some elemental attack materia, uh, and that's like kind of what you need to to do well and to win battles easily. And so you're kind of just like making sure that at least a couple people on your team at all times uh, can cast bolt, can cast fire. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it sort of like takes away a little bit of the personality. Um, yeah, as opposed I can to like that. Persona 5, where, hey, okay, only on can use fire attacks and only um, I'm forgetting all the other characters names right now. Um, But yeah, uh, I I could use a little bit more of a uniqueness. Um, For some reason, I totally understand that. But for me, it was more like uh, I felt compelled to like use the materia to make the people how I, I was almost like role playing in that sense, you know, like Aerith, you know, naturally she's got like the healing limit break and stuff. So it's like she would be your healer. And I was like, oh, like Barrett's like a big dude with a gun. I'm going to like make him the tank, you know, (laughs) or sure, sure, sure. I had cloud is kind of like on attack, you know, but he he had some versatility. So I was kind of like role playing the characters with the materia. But, I, you know, I, I totally understand your criticism as well. Who uh, who is your favorite party member? Or what is your favorite well, party combination? My, I mean, I was pretty basic. I didn't get actually any of the bonus, like optional characters, so I didn't use okay. them. And then, like, 
I I was pretty much Cloud, Barrett, and Tifa, or no, and and Aerith at first, and then sure. then Tifa later, and then you know I kind of wish I played around more because that's something I felt more, I, and I feel like they balance it better actually in like the other games I played, but like they they kind of make you use the other characters more, and I felt compelled to like be leveling everyone up you know and kind of like changing them out and stuff whereas in this i was like anytime i had to play as someone else i was like all right like i'll i'll figure it out you know and i i take a little time and and set them up but i didn't feel like throughout the game like what you know i gotta keep them involved you know sure sure and that's that's fair uh everybody has their favorites um, I appreciate some JRPGs get like way, way, way too deep of a like a roster of party members. Uh, and so I feel like mm-hmm. all things considered, it's pretty manageable. Uh, I always had Cloud. I always had Tifa. Uh, Sid is uh, usually one of my go tos. Um, Aerith also until, you know, Aerith uh, goes away. Um, Aerith is fine. I for some reason, I did not remember this, but I really did not like Kate Sith playthrough um not a fan of no. kate sith <laughs> it's kind of an annoying character i guess that's the point <laughs> yeah um but it was just weird i was like what's going on with you're like a spy or something i you, you like there was a part where too like kate sith like does like a big sacrifice and i'm like well you're not like a real person right <laughs> it's like being controlled by someone else i don't know it was weird something like that i i can't remember yeah, no, it's it's really it's really silly, I think. Yeah, not not a fan. But okay, that's that's cool. I like having Sid in the uh in the roster. That's pretty unique, I feel like. Uh cuz then who else uh, is there? There's like Red 13. Meh. Yes. Um Red, Red 13 is cool fine. Cool um, story. Did you, did you get Yuffie? Do you get no, Vincent? No, so that's one of the Yuffie and Vincent are the optional ones, which I did not get. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I did. I just missed it, or I wasn't like, I'm not like looking it up either. So I'm just like trying to play the game, you know. That's and so I, I, it just didn't come happen for me. You like Yuffie at this point? Uh, actually, one of the things I really like, uh, again, uh, looking at this with like nostalgia glasses, is like, oh, the secrets. Of like, hey, the game doesn't really spell some of these things out for you. Yeah, I think um, that's great. And a lot of these like Square Enix games at this time have these like kind of very deep secrets or like you got to do certain things at very certain times. Uh, and I don't know. There's just something about that to me that seems so cool, especially thinking about it like in 1997 when there weren't like when the Internet wasn't so prevalent. Um, and there was in my mind, I remember with games uh, and especially this game, because I couldn't play it. So I would always just hear secondhand stuff and like, oh, blah, blah, blah. If you do this and this and this, you'll get this. And if you do this, 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 this will happen. Uh, and that stuff always just seems so cool to me. Um, and I I love the idea of like someone figuring this out on their own for the very first time. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. that some of that stuff always just seems like so insurmountable, like damn, how did how did someone figure this out for the first time without someone telling them, without, like, looking at a guide, without, like, uh, calling the Nintendo tip line or something? Like, uh, I just think that's neat. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I, yeah finding the hidden that. bosses, uh, finding, like, the hidden weapons, uh, finding the hidden materia, 
Um, that does get kind of convoluted and could add like five to ten hours of gameplay time. Uh, I think, uh-huh. I, don't know, I think that's neat. Again, I know that's like very dorky, and not a lot of people are now just like give it to me. I just want to do this, 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 and be done. <laughs> um, but I kind of like the idea of like, oh, this is really like a secret for those who work for it. Yeah, I, I um, think people often now think like that they're kind of should give you the whole game that they paid for you know what i mean like and obscuring anything is like uh a moral crime or something where instead it's like no it makes the game better when you're not just given everything right you know and just yeah again uh we mentioned this and not to make this an elden ring episode but like one of the things i really love about elden ring is like all right there's not really anything spelled out for you like in a way that's uh just like like there's nothing where you pause the menu and it says go fight this person go to this place like yeah you really it's it's all so cryptic uh and i kind of like that i'm just like i'm just gonna figure it out as i go or i'm not um and that i don't know i think that is neat um, in Final Fantasy Tactics, you can unlock Cloud as a party member. Uh, and the way of oh. doing that, there's also, Aerith is also in there too. Uh, and technically, Final Fantasy Tactics takes place uh, in the distant past uh, from Final Fantasy VII. Um, hmm. and, to, and to see Aerith in the game and to play as Cloud takes a lot of backtracking and a lot of like doing certain things at certain times. Um, and then you just get cloud and he's at level one and the rest of your party's at like level 40 um and it's Mm. such a pain in the ass like it does not really make any sense but uh on my most recent playthrough of final fantasy tactics i finally got him and i was like hell yeah i did it i finally got this thing um it just i don't know it feels like feels rewarding um other people could, I don't know, spend that time going to medical school or something but uh uh, i'm gonna (laughs) choose to unlock Cloud and Final Fantasy Tactics, damn it. I want to see some Juris Doctor do that. Well, okay, because Cloud and the rest of the gang, they've now popped up in a ton of different games. This and there's fighting games and Kingdom Hearts and all this stuff. And it's because the game was a massive success. Like, it, I guess sure. we don't even have to really explain that. <laughs> but surprise, obviously surprise. it's a huge moment for the not just the series but video games uh but yeah it's had all these spin-offs i don't know like have you ever gotten into the world of final fantasy 7 specifically beyond like unlocking the characters in some game i don't think so because there there are a bunch of like ps2 and th- ps3 generation final fantasy like crisis core and stuff like that right or um yeah there's like um, a a prequel game or something that explains what's the guy cloud thinks he is like his store to store story. There's like a handheld game for that. Um, I think there's like a Vincent FPS or something or third person game. I don't even remember. Uh, so I have, I have not played any of those. I have not dealt okay. into, into, have you, I have not, but I have actually, and I saw this before I ever played the game. But I saw the movie Final Fantasy. Um, what's it called? The Final Fantasy Seven Advent Children. Is that based on Final Fantasy Seven, the game? It is literally a direct sequel. It like picks up like not long after the game, and it has all the characters. Oh, 
I remember when that or movie no, not, came sorry, out. Not, no, not Advent. Yeah, Advent Children. And then there, the movie you're thinking of is The Spirits Within. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, that was like the theatrical release. Um, Advent Children is like, uh, I, I think they probably only ever released it, you know, limited and then like, uh, like straight to video. But it, it's a, uh, you know, a, it's a sequel movie. Um, I don't know if it's considered a canon or an, or whatever you call it, but yeah, it like picks up and it's got Cloud and Tifa, and they bring back Sephiroth, and you know, big battle in the end. Um. And I, you know, I, I, at this point, I already knew the story for Final Fantasy VII, so it wasn't a big jump. But I, I think I watched it with Andy a few years ago, and even at the time, like it, it's kind of silly. It's definitely like, oh yeah, this is like a straight to video fan thing. But uh, it has great visuals for sure, and it was like, uh, it was kind of a fun movie, if not a little dumb, <laughs> you know. But I think I wonder how you know I should go watch it again now, it like. As you have all this context, game. yeah, yeah, but it's it's kind of a it's kind of a goofy little fun thing, but yeah, I think you know anyone who likes Final Fantasy VII enough would really probably really like it. <laughs> I remember those movies getting like really shit on when they came out, uh, and I was just like, you know what, I don't need to see these. Um, the the story is like Sephiroth has other like clone or twin brothers or whatever, and. They're, they are, like, re- trying to resurrect him, and then, like, the ex-head of, like, Shinra, like, is, like, trying to make amends, and I don't know. <laughs> it's 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 really goofy. There's, like, motorcycle action scenes, which is kind of badass, but, yeah, it, it has a big dragon fight, and then Sephiroth comes back, and you get a cloud, you know, a full motion video battle between the two, which is, it's really, like... 45 minutes of like battle at the end so but it's not a long movie so it's mostly just fighting (laughs) so that's pretty cool okay okay uh yeah maybe that'll have to go on the list um and then of course i i played the remake so i don't did you play that i did so this actually made me feel uh kind of weird and i don't know that this is a popular opinion or not uh, so I did play uh, like five hours of the remake and I didn't really like the combat at all. Um, oh, like, okay. I like the, I, maybe see, I don't know. It's, it's, it's action. It's just like, I felt like I'm just like mashing the button again, again, again. Like, I'm just like, Oh shit. I'm hitting square, 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 square. Um, I don't know. It was fine. Um, I need to get back into it. I got uh-huh. distracted with other games. Uh, I got it for Christmas. I got it as a gift. Um, do you like the remake? I did really like it. Um, but yeah, I liked that. That was the thing that I like drew me to it. I, I played. I really liked the combat, and I was like, God, I hope like there are more games they make like this. Like it definitely it was action for sure. But I loved. I just really clicked with the the you know the rhythm of it, and then like doing the thing of like charging the the time meter and you know switching yep. you had to like switch between characters there was like strategy to it which i liked so i felt like was like compared to other games that i think it's borrowing from that i'm sure are good on their own merits it's just one i haven't really clicked with but i i do feel like when i play a lot of other games like that um i'm kind of mindlessly mashing and i know there's like more 
deep mechanics and more difficulty you can engage with, but it there's something about it that doesn't draw me in to want to learn that, you know? But in this, I felt, like, really engaged with uh, the materia and switching between the characters and just, like, the strategy and the flow of the battle. Oh, I'm going to have to give it another try. Um, I, I, it's my understanding, and I haven't played this, but I'm pretty sure Final Fantasy XV also uses, like, a similar battle style. Um, and I think Final Fantasy yeah, XV is, like, a big open-world game. Um, so that might have to be next on your list as far as Final Fantasy games. I'm going to have to get back into it. I didn't hate it. It just, like, it didn't quite click with me the first, like, couple hours that I played. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna have to get back into it. Just other games, like, started taking up my time. Um, and, yeah. I'm not going to say I hated it, but I just need to I, give it some I more also, time. At the time, I, I really liked some of the stuff they added. I think there was, like stuff people criticized of it being like fluffing the game, but I actually felt like I personally felt like they added interesting stuff to the world. Um, but then finally playing the original, I did appreciate it for, um, I think it's actually, even though it's so huge and expansive, like a nice little package, you know? Um, and you know, some of the things are condensed and I think it's better off for it, you know? Um, well, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I still really like the story and the stuff they added. Um, and then they, they kind of subvert, you know, some of the story from the game. Like, it's 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 a little meta, you know, meta it's, commentary almost. So It's different like enough. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. It sort of, like, justifies ex- its existence, but also, like, doesn't. I don't know how to describe it, but it's it's weird. It's definitely really weird, but... um. I'm gonna keep playing it like the other ones that come out because I I I got into it. I was in a, and that. That's the other thing. Of, uh, I don't know if there have been any updates. Uh, I I think the whole world is kind of wondering like, what does this look like? Uh, how many of these are they gonna make? How long is it gonna take for like the entirety of uh, Final Fantasy VII to be remade? Yeah, um, yeah. It's it it is interesting because it it does like. That's one thing that it's in contrast to the other game about. I feel like um, the pace, like it feels like a really well paced game, you know, whereas this Mm. it didn't feel like it didn't feel like it felt massive. But at the same time, it felt like, um, you know, the first section of the game is like sort of on rails, but like it's quick uh, and then like the world keeps expanding, whereas this felt like it's more of a interactive like story like chapter by chapter you know it doesn't it doesn't feel like this world yet you know i agree with that yeah even though they try to like oh here's like a little hub town and like side quests you know that that the side quests are definitely unnecessary in that i was like nope not doing these that's maybe where i kind of got like derailed of just like okay there's a couple of these i don't know that i really need to spend all i skipped them all yeah (laughs) yeah um yeah it feels like unnecessary whereas like i feel like the mini games in the original are like a fun diversion um you know it comparatively i guess i don't think it needed more quests i do like the yeah all of the um uh, i'm blanking on what this is called right now the casino stuff uh from the original is very fun Uh, all those games um yeah i guess a lot of the, there's like a lot of mini games throughout the game too that are like 
they're not they're like forced mini games you know where like and i kind of that's another thing i love about the game is that it like like grinds to a halt to like be like now you gotta like get this dolphin to jump or whatever yep, you know yep, like, you gotta snowboard now you gotta yes um snowboarding I, yeah it i think that they like because i then i played 12 and i don't think there's any mini fun mini games like that or like some of them aren't fun but like i think that's another like thing where like probably a lot of people complained about that and so they're like let's let's lessen that i don't know maybe that's not true uh that's a good question uh i i i have not played not nine is on my list to play next uh 10 mm. does have Blitzball, uh which oh, is its own true. thing people like that uh and I, there's some other mini games in 10 from what i remember it's been a long time since i played 10 um so so yeah they sprinkled them in i i do think that final fantasy 7 the original one is really trying to like cram absolutely as much content in as possible um for better or for worse um but i also mm. i'm not mad at it um again back to elden ring uh you and i were talking about some people that spent like a hundred plus hours on their first playthrough of elden ring i kind of uh i'm not gonna say i'm cheap but i do love a game that i can really get my money's worth out of um so yeah give me some extra hours give me some stuff uh as long as it's at least somewhat engaging i'm here for it um yeah what's what's engaging about it is that it's all so like different and like Clearly, like, the mechanics of the game weren't designed for this, so it's a little, like, uh, shitty, <laughs> I guess. But that, like, yes. makes it stick out and memorable to me um, compared to, like, I don't know, like, Assassin's Creed, uh, whatever recent game is chock full of content, but it's, like, literally just, like, coming out of a content machine, you know, copy-paste. Right, like, right. The same, it's just different The same action over and over. Yes, yes. Whereas, yeah, I do love in this, or it's like, okay, now we're, you know, doing a, um, exercise or something, you know, it's like, okay. Cool, this is different enough. I uh, wasn't expecting this, but here we are, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why, I don't know, that's why it sticks out to me. Like, I think a lot of the elements of this game that people think are dated, like, to me, they're, like you said, they're both charming, but also, like, they're still groundbreaking to me, um, a similar to I think I've made this comparison all over the place but like um there's this movie called Forbidden Planet that came out in the 50s uh sci-fi movie starring Leslie Nielsen and uh like the the effects in that still blow me away even though you can tell how it's done like there there's a creature in it that only appears and it's like animation on top of the film and it's clearly like that's what they did but you see that I don't know. I see the craft in it and the artistry and the beauty. And I think that like affects me, you know, that moves me like seeing the effort that went into doing it as opposed to like a, uh, you know, a dragon that was like cheaply composited into a like grace, a gray, blue, ugly movie made now, you know, that like doesn't blow me away at all. Yes. Um, yeah, like just being like, how did they do this? And I get that watch it playing this game where I'm like, how, you know, how did they do this certain thing? Like, I can clearly see like this is a, you know, a little uh, polygon or whatever they moved it around. But like, just it it seems so impressive to me. So 
I can't remember if we talked about this last episode or not, but on that note, something I think about pretty regularly. So whenever you see like a retrospective uh, that's like talking about like, oh, the people involved with the game and their passion for, you know, whatever movies and storytelling. uh, One of the things they always omit is like, oh, the skill it took to learn how to program video games. Uh, Like no one ever talks about like, oh, this person had to learn how to develop code and how to like render 3D models. And like, that's not just something that any old person can do, I don't think. Um, But I feel like in any like sort of like uh, looking back historically on, hey, here's Shigeru Miyamoto or here's uh, whoever, uh, famous video game designer. They never talk about like how how long it actually took them to like learn how to do any of this stuff. Um, that just mm-hmm. always seems like uh, for whatever reason that part is omitted. Maybe because it's boring and it's just sort of like understood. Like yeah, to program a video game, you got to know some coding languages. Uh, but that shit is hard. Um, <laughs> uh, like yeah, how to program it, make it look cool, you know, play good. It's like. It's harder, way harder than any of us could comprehend. I can't do it. There's (laughs) definitely something to be said for like, okay, the inspiration for the story and the the introspective interpersonal elements that inspired this person. But also, you have to make a video game uh, that like tells this group of shapes to move at this time and this group of Mm -hmm. shapes to move at this time. I don't know. Uh, Maybe I'm very dumb, but that like the technical aspect of making a video game uh it seems very hard um and so yeah to your original point like hey they're literally making this from scratch there wasn't just like i don't know if when you were a kid you ever saw like rpg maker um there's like this windows uh, yeah yeah, where you could just take a bunch of assets from link to the past from final fantasy 6 from chrono trigger and you could just kind of like pop them in and make your own game nope there wasn't anything like that for this. This is all just like brand new from the ground up. There mm-hmm. was nothing. And then there was something. <laughs> um, many, many years ago, uh, I worked at a like workforce development office. Um, and a, a guy came in who was a lawyer previously uh, who had been let go from his law firm. And he was making like $150,000 a year. Uh, or something like insane amounts of money. Uh, And so I was, you know, like showing him how to kind of get back in the swing of things. And he had no idea. I'm not kidding. He had no idea what a file on a computer was. Uh, And I had to, I, cause he was just like, you know, I have my legal aids. They, they type everything up. They save all the documents and everything. So I had to literally explain to him uh, like, okay, you open up word, you type something and then you save as. And until you do that, it, it's not permanently existing anywhere. And he would always be like, well, where was it before? And I was like, it didn't exist. Uh, you're literally creating this file. And that like blew his mind that like, oh, you are you mean this didn't exist at all before? I was like, no, that's why you hit save as. And that creates the file. Um, and I think about that with video games sometimes <laughs> of like, damn, there was never any weird uh block handed pointy haired cloud until someone <laughs> created it from the ground up uh and that's i don't know i don't think Great that gets talked about enough skill. so <laughs> yes yes this is our version of when we talked about wrestling and we'd be like i can't imagine getting slammed on the ground <laughs> no does someone move their body uh five feet up into the air and horizontal with the ground um 
throw a drop kick. It seems impossible. When's the last time you tried to jump up vertically, let alone jump up so high that you could pull up the other bottom <laughs> half of your body so it is parallel with the ground? Seems impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyway. a lot of uh, a lot of skill went into this. I, I guess I thought of one more art defense too. Um, I'm, uh, I don't think every game should be like this, and I don't think you know they should make another Final Fantasy like this necessarily. But one thing I love, because okay, you had you have this um, pixel art era that's it's all really beautiful. No one's denying that. It's like so, the best games probably look like Final Fantasy VI or A Link to the Past or something. Like, that's probably the best visual style of any game. But what I like here is that um, because it's like it's like you're these weird blocky 3D models that are different than the cutscenes, and you're in these rooms with these really detailed like flat CG art, you know, that is just like pasted onto some polygons, you know, pre-rendered art. Yes. Yeah. With all this detail that you kind of are on top of, but it's like it it feels like you're playing and and 9 has this too with more, but more advancement to the technology but it feels like you are playing in this little diorama you know and the whole world is this sort of like interactive sort of thing whereas like as the games become more fully 3D like obviously they come up with better visual design or different you know impressive visual designs and ways to present the game but there is something like really charming about this and playing Final Fantasy IX, where I'm like, I'm moving these little guys around this like little tiny world they're in. You know, <laughs> I don't know. There's something that was like really charming about that. I agree a thousand percent. Uh, again, back to Final Fantasy Tactics, I have seen some interviews with some of like the uh, creative team where, and I don't know if you can picture any of like the of that game, um, but oh, they yeah, did, yeah. they did something very similar, and they're like, oh yeah, we wanted to kind of make these like dioramas. Uh, these like kind of dollhouses. So it seems like, you know, you're moving uh, toys in so many ways. You're moving these action figures across this board. You're moving like Warhammer pieces or whatever it is. Uh, and that's very much by design. Uh, and I could see mm-hmm. I, I've seen some other uh, video game developers talk about that pre-rendered backgrounds and how they tried to incorporate incorporate that in the exact same way you're talking about. It's just like, yeah, these are like very elaborate background set pieces and you're moving not unlike. Um, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, I don't know if you ever played this. Um, my my godmother of all people had this uh, computer game where it's really just all right. Here's a background and you get to just like. Uh, put stuff on the background. And so if you want to put people on here or animals or food or uh, and you could kind of animate it a little bit, um, basically mm-hmm. that like okay, you yeah. have a little playset and you get to kind of just do what you want, but it's on the computer. Um, and there is something about that that is also very fun. Just, uh, you know, I, I don't know about you. I'm not playing sitting on my bed playing with toys, uh, but video games is kind of like that sometimes. And that's like, it's, yeah, it's it toy that for sure. Scratches that uh, that itch in your soul of just like, yeah, I'm, look, I'm playing some, with these things. It's fun. Something nostalgic about it. Yeah. Um, I guess I don't know. We before we go, um, we. I, I feel like more people get into like the music more, but I, I guess I would just ask you, like, what's what was your do you have a favorite track from the soundtrack? <sighs> I mean, uh See, I personally really like the 
uh the reoccurring final fantasy themes like even like hearing the opening music when you start the game is like oh yeah hey i know this song it's um, beautiful too yes i like the victory chime uh and this one is different though it starts like shredding it starts oh that's right it does that's one of the craziest tracks for sure what about you favorite track well everyone loves like well one element that's cool is similar to like symphony of the night where they kind of mix different genres in in a cool 90s video game way you know there's like the it's like very operatic but then like heavy metal with the one-winged angel but my my favorite songs are actually i mean these aren't big surprises here but like you said the theme but also like uh earth's theme like there's just like such a uh, tifa's theme too um they 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 both like capture a mood really well you know uh, and they do do a good job. Final Fantasy VI does this too, of like, okay, here's someone's theme, and then there's uh, motifs and variations on that theme to kind of. Uh, I think they always do a really good job of here's the somber version of this, and here's the more upbeat, and here's the action version. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you could take a whole music theory class on motifs uh, in Final Fantasy. I'm sure Fantasy. there's a video that explains it really well too. <laughs> That's not actually. Us, uh, this is very dorky. Uh, but at some point after you and I started playing this for the podcast, I started getting targeted Instagram ads uh, for like a symphony performance of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, and there was a touring mm. orchestra that came to Chicago that was just like playing the hits from Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I was like, hmm, this this was still like when COVID was pretty bad. It was like around Christmas time. I was like, well, I'm not doing shit. I'm not I'm not going I'm not risking getting covid mm-hmm. just to hear like a 12 piece string section uh play Tifa's theme. Um mm-hmm. I was like I would probably go to this at some point. Uh I bet it's probably pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the remake had awesome renditions of the songs too. Um but yeah, each all the themes like convey the characters really incredibly but then yeah, like the way they pop up in other songs and change like it does feel like, um, yeah, like composed and not programmed. You know, it feels like a score for sure. There are like moments where the music hits certain moments where it like, even though it's like happening at its own pace, like I feel like it heightens the mood of scenes and stuff, you know, like uh, where it feels like it fits perfectly, even when it's not always meant to be, you know? Yes, yes, agreed, agreed. There's definitely a lot of thoughts and purpose went into, a lot of deliberation went into uh, the music. Absolutely. All right, well, it, is there anything else uh, you wanted to talk about or say about the game? I, I, You know, we were kind of broad on a lot of things, um, but there's a lot of deep dives on all the various elements of the game. But is there anything you really wanted to, wanted to say? It's a good game. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> what else wow. is there to say? It's a good game. Um, yeah, I mean, so 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 far what we've done have both kind of, you know, lived up to the reputations of like the type of game we're going for. I think. W- what are you thinking about for next time? Well, so we kind of, I, I sort of suggested a rule of doing this um, that 
were sort of breaking where I didn't I wanted to do like sometimes stuff comes out a game or a movie or something and and people are automatically decide this is in the canon of greatest of all time and it's like I get that but I feel like you know you don't put something in the hall of fame like the year after it came out you know you gotta wait gotta wait let its impact sit and so that's we wanted to play something that was like older than 10 years when we do the episode um and i had actually pitched you like let's do dark souls it's just 10 years old as of recently and i think you know it people have different opinions about it or whatever but it is arguably in the canon of like all-time classic games now like yeah if not that like bloodborne or like other games in the series of that style you know but uh but then Elden Ring came out Whew. and we were both like, let's play this. <laughs> and, um, you know, even though we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll get into it when we eventually do the episode, but it's a new experience for me of this type of game. Um, and it is a recent game, but it felt like this is really pro- I'm I'm loving it. So I, I, I feel like I'm willing to be hypocritical and say this will probably be in a, the canon 10 years from now. No, uh, I don't disagree. So I guess between mm-hmm. uh, between now and the next time we record an episode, we're just going to have to see if uh, either of us uh, acquire some maidens. And uh, yeah, we'll just kind of go I'm from there. I know, I'm feeling so maidenless right now. Got to touch it's, grass, all that stuff. It's, it's hard out there uh, for a maidenless <laughs> tarnished. Tarnished? Uh, uh, <laughs> And cool. yeah, it just happens to work out because we're both playing it, so it's uh, it's not even uh, real cool. Winky dink. Uh, um, well, and cool. maybe if I have the time, I'll play Dark Souls. I don't know, but I, I might not get to it because the scheme played, is massive. I played Bloodborne for about twenty minutes one time, and it was so uh, ass beating. It was so relentlessly punishing, unrelentingly punishing that uh, I stopped and I never touched it again. So Elden Ring is already like uh, streets <laughs> ahead. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, uh, we'll we'll get into it. But I, it's not this game that's done it. It's it's been before this. But I had a similar uh, RPG guy click in my brain, but with um, liking getting my ass beat by games. Um, now. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into that more of about our personal opinions on getting our ass beat in the next episode. Fantasy 7 opened you up to the world of JRPGs, and now here you are, uh, a Soulsborne player. Uh, I'm ready. Yeah, right. I'm ready to take a licking. We did a Metroidvania. We did a JRPG. Uh, I mean, Soulsborne is the next broad, overly used, but still underdefined category of video game. Uh, so, I don't know. It sounds like that <laughs> might be so next right. for us. <laughs> oh, man. I think, I think that's the trifecta of them, really. I think... Uh, <laughs> After that, it's a little less clear, or a little less oh. like a little more clear, maybe. <laughs> those are those are the three. We'll have to do a rogue like uh, at some point in there oh, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's so okay. Cool. We're getting all the buzzwords. Well, anyway, yeah. This was this was fun, and I'm I'm pretty stoked to uh, talk about uh, Elden Ring with you. Oh, yeah. Until next time, Goo. <laughs> <laughs>